Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Green Room Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruin, and joining me once again is Colin Mitchell. And Colin, today we are joined by our good friend, J.D. Davis. J.D., mm-hmm. how are you doing today? Good, man. How, how are you guys doing? Doing all right. Uh, Colin's got like three Red Bulls next to him. He's gonna, just going to be Two. chugging. I wish, I wish I had three. Yeah, I, I, uh, I have trouble sleep. Wow, I tr- have trouble sleeping. It's no secret to Bruni, but I got like three hours of sleep last night. I went to bed at like 6.45. Yeah, I, I worry about him. I worry about him. But yeah, I do got two. This one's almost gone, and I got this one. So yeah, <clears throat> three was a hyperbole. Cheers. cheers. Yeah, they- three. <laughs> yeah, cheers. There you go. Three's a, three is a hyperbole. I don't know. It might not be a hyperbole. I might have to go get one. So you we'll might have to go get a third. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll see. Um, JD, do you have any pets? I have two dogs, eight chickens, and like seventy-five cows. 75 cows. Colin's trying to get on that level. No, don't. I don't want cows. I told my, my wife. My family's very, owned cows before. I don't want cows. No. <laughs> it's very tempting to get rid of all the animals and move to somewhere and have like zero animals is 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 kind of the goal. That's like where I'm trying to get to. Is that so is, is are all those are all those animals where you are right now or do you have like a separate farm? No, no. Where where I'm at right now is is my house. Uh we've got 77 acres here we keep most of the cows here and then i've got a lease place up the road that's about 60 acres that the other other portion of the cows are there so that's great that's great colin would you get chickens no one wants chickens so bad i don't think you should understand so we're gonna do a tangent before we even get to anything all right so my whole family my whole family is like farmers in michigan (laughs) they you know they they do whatever they all retired now but I grew up like cleaning barns and, and stuff like that. And my my fiance Norma JD was like, I want some chickens. They're just so cute. And I'm like, You're gonna take care of the chickens? She goes, Yeah. I was like, You think it's just like watching them? You're not gonna you have to clean them. You have to, you have to I mean it's it's not just you just have some chickens. You know, like you don't you don't just you don't just got chickens and you got eggs. There's some stuff you gotta do. I could so- not so mine kind of free range, but I mean, I, I put them up every night, obviously, but the hardest part about the chickens is just like keeping other animals from eating them. Like as That's long as I you mean. can, I mean, they're, they're pretty self-sufficient, but yeah, you leave the gate open one night, like coyotes can come and like this is a suburban house and with a normal sized backyard. And we have dogs that would just threaten the chickens themselves. And I don't yeah. want to get, you know, <laughs> just no. get, the gun, Colin. get the get gun, the gun, <laughs> get the gun. <laughs> <Maya>. <laughs> Mumbai is going to be the one killing the chickens. That's you're not sleeping, anyways. You might as well get out in the backyard with the gun and just yeah, I'll just be I'll just be the dog, the guard dog myself. I'll just stand out there. That's crazy. Yeah, so I don't know. Um, if if she uh, if whenever we move again, if she'll want chickens, but I was like, we're not doing chickens. Excited. All right, keep us updated on the chicken count. It'll be years in the making, so I will uh, keep you updated. All right, um, North Texas football. Uh, JD obviously um, covers it. Uh, I mean, at North Texas Eagle on Twitter, uh, started a Patreon account where he drops loads of exclusive content. So uh, check all that out for all your North Texas insider uh, information. Uh, JD, there's a lot of places we could start here with this offseason, but. We've the last two podcasts we've talked about the quarterback hunt and finding a quarterback and uh, going through the process of of replacing Chandler Rogers. Uh, then Stone Earl comes back and we're like, hold on, is it just going to be Stone Earl? Like I, we we didn't know what was happening, but it seems like just in a general sense that they have been aggressive. They've been bringing quarterbacks on campus. They're looking to um, still take some swings at. Uh, you know, division one transfers. Um, just where do you think that they're at right now? Yeah. I mean, I think that definitely the goal all along was to bring in another, you know, arm, at least for, you know, spring ball, just because with this offense, they're, they're throwing as many passes as they are. You need as many arms as you can. Um, but yeah, I definitely think that their, their, their goal was to bring in a veteran transfer guy that has taken some snaps at the, the FBS level uh, to compete for the job. Uh, you know, Stone won it last year. So, I mean, obviously there's, there's some, some faith there in stone to begin with, but um, yeah, kicked off this week. Uh, I know a lot of fans were freaking out, but we've mentioned before, you know, it was like January 10th last year before Chandler uh, Rogers committed to us. So, I mean, there's still time. I mean, we're getting pretty close to 
enrollment for spring. So, I mean, it's, it's getting pretty close to the finish line, but uh, they started off this week, you know, having TC transfer Chandler Morris um, on a visit. Uh, they've got Chuba Purdy, uh, Nebraska, former four-star guy, started out at Florida State. Uh, he's coming in on a visit. So uh, we're kind of seeing, you know, narrowing down to a couple names, you know, that they're hoping to to get signed. But um, I definitely think that that they're going to bring in another arm. They've, they've just for practice purposes, just for having somebody else to, to throw balls in practice. But, uh, yeah, I think any of those guys, there's another guy that will be announcing hopefully on the Patreon later in the week. Um, but, yeah, hopefully – get at least one, maybe two. Uh, we put on, I interviewed Morris the other day and uh, Chandler Morris, and he's not going to be here till summer. He's staying at TCU. He's graduating in May. Uh, so, I mean, there's a chance that, you know, you could bring in a Chuba for spring and then still, if, if one of those guys stone or Chuba doesn't, you know, dominate, still the job, you yeah. can still bring in Chandler Morris in for summertime. Interesting. Um, with stone coming back, obviously, uh, there's no guarantee that we get any of these other quarterbacks that you mentioned. Um, is there just a belief that regardless of who's at QB, that Eric Morse is just going to make them that guy? <laughs> or, or do you think that it would be a concern if you don't get one of these higher profile recruits and you have to resort to something, you know, like whether that's someone coming up from an FCS level or, or not as high profile in the FBS level? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, Stone obviously flashed in, in fall. I mean, he won the job. It yeah. wasn't a Chandler. We've talked about it, you know, to nauseum. But um, I think there's some confidence there. I think that, that what I've put out hope in is this scheme. I mean, we've seen it from, you know, you, Incarnate Word, um, Washington State, all the way here. I mean, it's every – he's used multiple quarterbacks, and, and the, the, the system's continued to work. Um, I think, you know, I think – I have faith in Stone. I think Stone's a better quarterback than we saw, you know, versus Cal. We saw versus FIU. Um, I think that, you know, personally, I would I would love to see us bring in a, a guy like Chuba to compete, mm-hmm. um, at least to. But I mean, also, I'm not going to throw out. I'm not going to throw cash, you know, completely out the window because you know Morris has started two freshman quarterbacks prior. Yeah. So I mean, that's not completely out of the window. And, and Cash being a guy that's you know going to be on campus here in a week he's going to be able to go through spring ball. So, um, yes, I mean, the ideal thing would be hit for him to be able to red shirt, set out a year, uh, you know, learn the offense, but you know, that's not out of the realm of possibilities. Yeah. It's, um, it is, I, we've talked about it before. I love, um, Eric Morris's the way he can kind of scheme up things and, you know, Rogers and Macklin, all of them deserve a lot of credit for executing, but it felt like he was always like a step ahead of defenses um, yeah. and they was able to scheme up things, especially first drive of the game, you know, those scripted drives. I thought he was excellent in those. And so um, I, I have faith in if it is like Stone Earl or if it is, you know, Cash McCollum or whoever else, I have faith that he's at least able to get you like easy yards in, in certain instances um, in, in a way that I didn't, I wasn't comfortable with like Latrell in that yeah. way. Um, Harrell, maybe I was comfortable, but Morris to me is is that guy that can get you those easy yards and get you in rhythm as a quarterback to maybe put you in the best position to to be successful. Yeah, and, and I'm not wanting to throw shade on on any of those guys either, but we have made the point. I mean, me and Sonora, we talked about it the other day that you look at what those guys. I mean, you look at what Macklin did the year before. I mean, 400 yards receiving to what he did this year. I mean, yes, the the player got better, but you got to give some of that credit to the scheme. I mean, and we, I, I had a post a while back about, you know, PFF grades. I know some people, you know, take it with a grain of salt, but, yeah. you know, a lot of those guys that hit the portal, they made huge jumps between, you know, the year before and then when Morris mm-hmm. got on campus. So mm-hmm. I think you got to get some, give some credit there. I mean, you look at a guy like Ethan Miner, who was one of the worst centers <laughs> in the portal last year and then comes to North Texas and ends up yeah. being one of the best graded centers in all of college football last year. So I definitely think, yeah, you know, like I said, you got to give the credit credit the scheme some credit and that's what gives me hope you know moving forward that i think if you know a team like north texas can figure out a way to replace a a chandler rogers replace a macklin replace ao it's going to benefit the program moving forward in a big way yeah Yeah. um there's just so much i don't want to say turmoil but like turmoil i guess within college football in the sense of 
the, the, the waivers, then, then it's the waivers aren't, don't count anymore. And then everybody transferring. I think at some point in the coming years, we'll get some sort of clarity in how everything operates. So it's just kind of navigating this time right now. But uh, speaking of the transfers, we'll start with the, the departures first. <clears throat> Obviously, you know, we, we've talked about all of the departures, everybody that, that had that left, was there anyone that really surprised you though? Because I don't know, like Rogers and Macklin didn't shock me, I guess. Was there anyone that shocked you that, that they left? And then we can run through the list if you want to refresh her. No, 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 no. I mean, I think that, uh, I mean, I would say probably the two that I, I'm going to say Rogers was a little bit of shock to me just because, mm-hmm. I mean, I felt like within the staff, within the, you know, department, there was some confidence that he was coming back. I mean, I think that the, the NIL group was working, you know, overtime to, to make sure he was compensated. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was kind of the timing of it was a shock. Um, I always felt in the back of my mind, like it was going to be a chore to get to next August without him hitting the portal, at least testing the waters. Um, but yeah, I mean, he was a shock. And then I would say minor just because, you know, and like I said, not throwing shade, but minor struggled at Arkansas state. I mean, we talked to Arkansas state fans when he, Mm-hmm. Or, you know, the guys that cover the team when he came here and, you know, they were like, you know, they weren't ecstatic with it or uh, with his play there. And, and the, the type of season he had, I was shocked to see, especially going to a power five where, you know, pretty much going there to be a depth guy. Um, probably the third guy, AO. I mean, just because he was a great story, you know, walking yeah. on from a D2. Uh, but he, he just felt like a guy to me. But, you know, the last press conference, I think we all saw it that, out of the three, Macklin, him and Rogers, he was the one to me that felt like he was already out the door, but um, still kind of interesting. I haven't seen anything about where he's going to land. So, yeah, I, we haven't heard anything on that, have we? No, unless I don't think the he's committed anywhere. We just missed it, right? No, and then like that, they they did the little transfer portal report. Did the who was interested in him, but you know didn't report any offers. So. Yeah, hmm. maybe a guy that has to walk on a third time. That's weird. That'd be crazy. Well, it's yeah, yeah. and I mean, North Texas already took two running backs out of the portal. Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. And that's a position back. that we can talk about later. But that's a position to me that I think we potentially could be upgraded at. I mean, yeah, you bring in a four star and then Zach Evans from Minnesota, who I was really high on out of high school. Yeah, I mean, two straight guys be, that yeah. yeah, they're gonna be fine at running back. Trey, uh, Trey Bradford, I talked about last podcast. I think he's got some pop to him still um first play against florida state for lsu goes 60 yards um out of the backfield uh i think he didn't play much he his career is so, so windy but um i think he can really have some pop to him um yeah. if they get him going and like you said evans is really good too so yeah running back is not it's never a concern with Cobb yeah. and, and north <laughs> texas but um yeah that they, they, i like that position a lot Speaking of uh, the transfers in with uh, the running backs, obviously, talk about Trey Bradford, Zach Evans, but who's who's excites you the most? You got the two safeties from Texas, uh, DT Sheffield, if there's a connection there between him and Eric Morris. Who, who excites you the most, uh, uh, the transfers that are coming in? Uh, B.J. Allen. I mean, he's a guy that was a former four-star at a high school, a very high four-star. Um, yeah. And as, as important as safeties are in this defense, um, he's a guy that – I mean, I, I would definitely say he's he's really high on my list and, and easily the the number one. He's a guy that I was kind of shocked that he didn't have more interest once he got to the portal. Uh, but, yeah, visited North Texas, locked in. Um, you know, we've had a little trouble battling Texas State with some guys. Texas State offered, uh, but winning that recruiting battle and, and being able to get him, you know, that I think that's a, a huge win for this a defense that needs some, some playmakers. Yeah, he's um... – because he didn't have a, a bad injury. Yeah, I think anything. we looked, and he, neither of them did. Right. Uh, to my memory. Yeah. The That's always the thing that I've, I'm have i hesitant about with drop downs is, is the injury bug, potentially. Mm-hmm. But um, they're both fairly young, and so getting them in, I think, is a, a big deal. And also, if nothing else, just take pressure off of the freshmen that played so many snaps this year. It's like, all right, that's great. We're, we can – develop them and you know get them in positions to play a lot but uh, when you lose as much as north texas lost this year it's kind of like you have to go get more yeah. high-end talent you yeah. can't just go get depth pieces here you gotta get guys that can compete for a starting job so that's and that's um, 
And that's yeah. something, I mean, I, I would say my biggest, like, concern with this this team is obviously defensive line. I don't think they've went out there and done enough. But mm-hmm. what they've brought in in that defensive back room from the safeties to the cornerbacks, I mean, they've completely rejuvenated, rebuilt that room in, you know, two two off seasons. And there's some studs on that and then that safety room and and all the defensive backs, all five positions on that defense that that that's pretty exciting to me. And as, as important as these safeties are in this defense, um, I'm hoping that that those additions and then, you know, Javen Anderson and, and those guys, Evan Jackson from last year, that they're able to, you know, give this defense the boost they need. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of my next question was rebuilding this defense and how do you, how you think they've they've done so far and I guess for you, it sounds like the defensive line, maybe front seven in general, is is an area where they could they still need some help. Do you think they're going to go go get it? Uh, yeah, I definitely think they've got some guys um, visiting this week. Um, so a couple Power Five, uh, I guess you want to call fall down guys. Yeah, um, one's a former four star. I'm hoping to be able to release that info here pretty soon. But subscribe to the Patreon. Yeah, yeah, already. yeah there you hopefully, go. hopefully I'll be able to drop that. He's he's actually on campus right now. Uh, but, yeah, I definitely think – I mean, I think that you're going to see four – at least four new, more additions before spring. Quarterback, offensive line, a wide receiver, and then defensive line. Um, you know, you look at the, the defensive line. I mean, they are bringing back everybody besides Mason. I mean, Mason is the one guy that left. So, I think, you know, naturally they should progress, you know, another year in the strength and condition, another year in the system. But – uh, yeah, I definitely think that that you know defensive uh-huh. line is pretty much top priority right behind quarterback right now. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know if you agree, Colin, but like on this defense, it feels like it's so much uh, scheme and technique yeah. wise. Like it, defensive line or maybe front six in general might be like I guess across the entire defense, this scheme is such is one that you can't really just jump in and be like, all right, well, we got some athletic guys here that can go make plays. Let's just throw them out there. I feel like you really have to know what you're doing um, in defenses like this, especially up front where you don't have the numbers a lot of the time. Yeah, I'm personally happy that they're just getting the biggest weakness on defense out of the way with really good players transferring in. Obviously, they have to pan out, but but I am excited about that. Yeah. Um, With all this transfer portal talk, Obviously, Brittany kind of brought up earlier with with G five schools kind of struggling uh, with the transfer portal. What are your what are your takes on G 5s right now in the way the transfer portal is? Obviously, you have all the if you have a good year like North Texas did this year, you're going to have a lot of your talent poached. Is it kind of just going to be a revolving door to you if nothing changes, or or what what is your take on that? And then I guess what do you think could change? What would be your ideal way of the transfer portal working? Yeah, I think until they do some kind of contracts or do some kind of, you know, where the university is able to pay the players directly, um, you know, and, and like I said, lock them in with some kind of contracts and requiring, you know, buyouts to get out of it and stuff like that. I think we're always going to see this. Now, I do think, you know, one of my positives for a school like North Texas is without the transfer portal, I mean, you know, 10 years ago, you're not able to get a talent like B.J. Allen on off, you know, at North Texas. You're not able to get you know, Trey Bradford. I mean, those are former four-star guys that North Texas didn't have a zero chance at at a high school. Now you do. So I think, you know, there is negatives to the the transfer portal. I don't like guys, you know, being able to, you know, transfer in one season, transfer out, transfer, you know, multiple schools. Yeah. Uh, I I do know that you're, when you're 18 years old, you know, you know, maybe you did make the wrong choice. I think that, you know, there definitely needs to be transfers. I definitely think there needs to be some kind of restrictions to the, just every year free agency, you know, you see, you know, quarterbacks that's been in college seven years and played for five teams. Like that's ridiculous. Like that's, <laughs> that's the defeating the whole, you know, college football aspect of things. But um, yeah, like I said, I do think that there is, there is benefits though to the transfer portal. And, and I think that this North Texas team, we saw, you know, other G fives, we saw Texas state last year, you know, go and grab a you know, power five talent and grab, you know, FCS guys that's played, and completely change around their roster. So I think that there's, it's not all negative with the portal. Uh, I just think that you have to, uh, yeah, you have to have a staff like North Texas, uh, like Texas State, um, and that it's, you know, doesn't sit there and pout when you lose Chandler Rogers. You're just, you know, out the door trying to find the next guy to replace him. And, And I do think this year was, like, first year coaches are all, in most cases, are going to lose players. Like regardless, it was just um, 
exacerbated because this year the offense was so good. So then yeah. you lose everybody off it. And then defense was so bad. So you lose everybody <laughs> off of it. Um, I think you look at UTSA for the most part, the past few years has done a good job, not losing transfers. I think there are a good amount of G five programs. Once you get stability in them, which obviously I, I expect Morris to get more as he continues his tenure here. But as you get that stability, I do think the portal departures and, you know, players that leave ends up shrinking significantly. We're not going to, I don't think we end up seeing how many players left 20 something, something like that. Yeah. I don't think you, you end up being in that number or close to that number year after year after year. If you are, you know, a program like UTSA, that's been consistent under trailer, you know, they lost Trey Moore, they lost a couple guys, but they're not overhauling the entire team, you know? So that's, that's a big thing. I think moving forward to keep in mind is I, this isn't, this isn't the norm. I do think this is kind of still an outlier. Yeah. Yeah. This I, was I, like a perfect storm of, of coaching change. I mean, you had some, the Seth guys left over. Yep. You also had, you know, you know, Eric Morris and them hit lightning in a bottle with Chandler Rogers. Um, you know, there was, there's, was, it was a, like I said, it, you're hundred percent correct. I don't think this is an every year thing for North Texas. I think there was also some guys, if you look at that were on the bottom of the roster that, went FCS that, that probably didn't need to be on an FBS roster. So, I mean, it wasn't all like, you know, North Texas whole team just left to go for greener grass or whatever. So, yeah, I think moving forward, this is not something to expect every year unless there's a coaching change or vice versa. I mean, Bruni brought up an interesting point about UTSA. and We talked about this before on the podcast. Bruni is UTSA being the only sport like football, I guess I should say, in, in San Antonio – they can kind of, you know, the whole city can kind of get around them with Frank Harris, obviously, you know, commercials, whatever, whatever, whatever. Do you think North Texas is going to be able to to do something similar like that here with obviously competing with SMU, TCU? Not only that, you know, if if you want to call Cowboys, you know, all of North Texas, um, the, the football, I guess, there. Do you think that they're able to kind of, I guess, throw the throw the the Brinks truck? And and get and get people to come in and 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 help out like they have in San Antonio. I mean, I think North Texas. We've talked about it. I think their key is always going to be power numbers. I mean, they're going to have to. But the first thing is they're going to have to find success. I mean, but we've seen with basketball, you know, year after year after year, the more years you can combine with winning seasons, the more people you're going to get on board. It's not going to be an overnight process. I think, uh, you know, like a, a school like Texas State who had years and years of losing. But they haven't been playing, you know, FBS football for that long. But um, yeah. a school like North Texas, I think we're going to have to put several – string several winning seasons together. I mean, we kind of saw it a little bit with Seth. You know, they had a couple nine-win seasons, played for conference championship, and I felt like, you know, the momentum was really growing. And then all of a sudden, you know, the Mason fight area ends and, you know, we, we lose all that momentum. But I think that's – for North Texas to be able to find success, um, it, it's going to take – winning consistently for an extended period of time yeah i i have it's it's kind of a direct question but i i think you mentioned how north Texas was able to or was approaching the chandler rogers situation where it's like all right you know we, we'll take care of you on the nil side you know even if we are kind of handcuffed we're going to make sure that you're like taken care of I, i'm i'm curious it's like I don't even know if the NIL even helps at the G5 level at this point, because even if I think there's situations where I'm sure UTSA was trying to keep Trey Moore, um, they were able to keep Frank Harris, but it's like the NIL side for North Texas. I don't even think that like a, it's not a major factor. I don't think at this point, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but does, does it feel that way? Because I, I don't know if like the NIL, I think it's more so, to keep everybody on the roster happy. I don't know if it's going to be used in, in cases to like keep one player here over everybody else. I don't know if that makes sense, but it just feels like you're fighting an uphill battle with it, with NIL. So it's like, what are we even doing here? Yeah, I think you're hundred percent correct. I think that, um, yeah. And I don't think, I mean, we, we, we had, uh, Sonoli interviewed the lot, the tower, the, the group that took it over, last week and and they you know north texas is well over 200k as far as nil money right now but that's you know chump change compared to what power five play, teams are playing with so i don't think the goal is ever going to be to 
you know, go out there and money whip. I mean, I, I don't think personally the best option was to be give, you know, if you could have kept Chandler Morris, if you gave him the whole 200K or Chandler Rogers, if you gave him the whole 200K, I don't know if that's the best solution for North yeah. Texas. I think the goal has always been to, you know, to get that core group of guys and be able to, you know, maintain as much as you can. I think that's, uh, it's not really to go out and outbid, you know, power fives. It's to keep, you know, as much of your core there as you can and keep them, you know, keep them happy and keep them on. Um, until, like I said, until the universities are able to pay, I think North Texas and most G5s are always going to be behind the that eight ball on that. I think once universities are able to kick in, I think North Texas with their, you know, the size of North Texas, I think they're going to be in a pretty good spot to be able to, to compete, yeah. especially against other G5s. But until then, um, you know, like I said, I think that, you know, North Texas's best bet is to use that 200, you know, 200,000 and divide it up to, you know, between eight and 10 players and make sure you keep your, you know, as many of your all-conference guys as you can. Yeah, I agree. Shifting a little bit um, to the high school class. Obviously, we talked about Cash McCollum earlier. You got Jaden Smith. You can go down the list. Uh, this is the sixth highest rated uh class in the american uh coming in this season what i guess what are your thoughts on this class and then do you think there's any anybody that that really sticks out yeah i mean i think that me personally i didn't think i was kind of hoping we didn't go as strong you know as in the high school ranks i was kind of hoping we leaned a little bit more in the transfer portal but mm-hmm. once you start going through the class i mean there's a lot of guys in this class that like we talked about you know eight to 10 years ago, North Texas probably wouldn't have had a chance to land. I mean, yeah. a guy that stands out to me is a Jaden Petway. He was connect, committed to Houston. I mean, 6'2", 200-pound safety. Uh, reminds me a lot of Javen Anderson, but it's like those top guys, you know, before the portal era, they're not coming to North Texas. And that's not, you know, not taking shots at North Texas, but I'm just saying that's a power five level talent. And as you go through this, you know, the list of guys, there's several guys there. Uh, Tyler Mercer, the guy we flipped from Tulane. That's a talented offensive lineman. I mean, he reminds me of kind of a, a Gabe Blair type that, you know, you could have easily seen, you know, potentially go into the power five. And I think North Texas being able to lock up these guys in the early signing period really helped out. Cause I think, you know, you look at out of the 27 they signed, there's probably 10 to 15 of those guys. If they had waited till February, there's potential that some power fives could have, you know, mm-hmm. came in late to try to fill backfill their 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 classes just to to get some numbers. So, yeah, I mean, I think there's going through the list. I mean, Kiefer Sibley, we talked about running backs. I mean, he's a guy that's got probably the most impressive offer list out of high school running backs North Texas has ever signed. Um, you know, like I said, we can, we can go up and down the list, but, you know, Jaden Langley defensive lineman, you know, was a one-time Arizona commit, um, you know, in my you know eight to 10 years of doing this. I mean, there's been very few, defensive lineman North Texas has signed that was one time committed to a power five. So um, yeah, a lot to lock in this class. And like I said, at first, you know, was kind of like, what are we doing? Do it, taking all these high school kids. Cause it's kind of, you know, in this era, but then, like I said, there's going through the list. There's very few guys that me personally would have said, you know, don't take them. Cause there's yeah, a lot yeah. of talent in that group. And I think, uh, you know, not to speak for him, but I feel like the, the, the goal with this staff is to, you know, fill in the, the voids with transfer guys, but then, you know, to build the culture, get your guys in, you know, we hear about it a lot, but I think that they're kind of putting their money where their mouth is and, you know, hoping their hope is to, if you bring in five wide receivers to be able to develop a couple of them. And if you lose one of the portal, you got the next guy. Yeah. Kind of in line there. You bring up an interesting point with the transfer portal and it helping high school recruiting. Cause like you said, eight years ago, I remember whenever I was, I guess eight years ago would have been whenever I was going to be a freshman or coming in to be a freshman. Um, oh, dang. I guess it's nine now. That's crazy. Anyways, Rico Bussy, it was like, it was like, cause I remember looking at 24 seven, you're looking at the recruits, you're excited to go to this school. You're like, this is going to be amazing. And like, I think Rico was like a, t- a high two star, low three star. And then you had like one other star guy and then everyone else was unranked. How much do you think the transfer portal has helped uh, G5 schools and especially North Texas get maybe guys that would normally go to power five schools, um, but they're getting replaced by transfer pool guys. Oh, yeah, a lot. I mean, I think you look at schools like Colorado, you look at schools like SMU who's going, you know, virtually all transfer portal. I mean, that's two schools right there that you take, you know, all their high school offers off the list. So, I mean, that's, 
you know, in a normal year, that's 25, 25, that's 50 kids that could have went power five that are, you know, hmm. technically available. So, yeah, I mean, I think that that's definitely helped. I think, and I think the timing of, of all this is with, with bowl games and portal and high school recruiting that, I mean, schools that, I mean, it's advantage this year, North Texas, not going to a bowl. They had, you know, the extra weekend to bring in recruits. They had extra time where, you know, other power fives and, and schools that are playing in bowls. Like, I mean, they missed the whole early signing period. So, I mean, I think that's a big advantage to, to be able to get these guys locked in and, and locked because there's, there's too much stuff going on right there. And NCAA has got to work on oh, the calendar is such a mess. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, you, I, you feel, I feel bad for, you know, the coaches and stuff. Cause you're trying to recruit your guys. You're trying to recruit. And if you're playing in a bowl, that's a whole nother element. So it's, it's, there's gotta be some change in there. But with that being said, I think a team like North Texas took advantage of that and, was able to lock in some guys that, like we said, if, if they went on to February, I, who knows who would have came in late for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's good. It's promising. It's exciting to see um, the amount of talent that they have coming in as freshmen. Um, yeah. And pos- he, position, fl- oh, I'm sorry, not to be interrupt, but position flex. I mean, a lot of guys that, that you know, tight ends that could move to offensive line like we saw a couple years ago with Jacob Brammer. I mean, you know, there's, you know, a guy that played high school quarterback that's, I mean, a multiple high school quarterbacks are coming in for multiple different positions. So that's something we've seen other schools back in the past have success with. So that's something that excites me is, is guys with size that, that are able to play multiple positions. I'll yeah. And um, I've talked about it before, but we, we harped on keeping, you know, local talent or trying to get as much local talent as possible yeah now with the transfer portal it feels even more imperative it's just incredible because landon sides you know he's staying uh gabe blair he's staying you go down the roster of um you know there's there's an incentive i think to to try to keep them there not saying it is a um a full you know a, a safe plan but it is just you have a lot of fort worth talent here i mean 93% 93% of the classes in state. It's fun. On three does the average distance and it's 150 miles, which is like, you know, with all within two hours of, yeah. of Denton. So that's a big deal. Yep. All yeah. Right. I think it, like you, then, like you said, with the, with the guys that they brought in from, from high school, I mean, if you look at the guys that transferred out that actually moved up, all those guys were virtually either walk-ons or transfers. I mean, there was no guy that North Texas, you know, gave a scholarship to out of high school that hit the portal that, that technically moved up besides Howard Sampson. And, you know, that's the guy that's headed to TCU, but, you know, only started two games at North Texas. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah. Speak, yeah. We, we asked which ones were, were surprising. That, I think that was the one that kind of surprised me. Um, a good amount Howard Sampson. That's probably the, <clears throat> the one for yeah. me. All right. That's it with 30 minutes. Um, well, we talked about chickens for the first five of it. So <laughs> 28 minutes. I don't know. That doesn't really count. Um, Colin, how's your hair doing? Oh Remember yeah, let's get quick. a hair update real quick. Get a hair update. Oh, that's doing great. Yeah, it's, it's, good. It's, it's, the color's back. You know, we still, it's still short enough to where you can kind of see the the scalp. scalp. But you know, you kind of look like JD. What'd you say? I said you kind of look like JD. Grow, grow out the goatee, and I, I can't grow out the goatee though. Y'all can be twins. I'm, I'm ready like for it. us to do the mustache thing again. I was really feeling that. I was. Yeah, was hey, but I'm I pretty was sure. Into it. Did I shave mine first, or did you shave yours? Or you I don't know. I shaved it pretty quick after the Cal game. I think I shaved it on the way home. Oh, <laughs> I think I shaved mine like the day after the Cal game. Was yeah, it? Was like, doing it too? Was it? Well, didn't Sanoi do it too? Maybe. Yeah. yeah I don't. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. But the mustache gang really gained a lot of momentum, and then like. That it, it just, died week one. It was crazy. It was bad. Brutal. So <laughs> hey, no, at, at the beginning of the next press season, box we can do it. Like this. Like, oh, I'm not rocking <laughs> yeah. a mustache. God, this is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> the cow loss made everybody shave their mustache. Uh, Eric Morris shaved his too. Yeah. yeah. Everybody, yeah. everybody was done with it. Ride or die. We all died. Week one. It was the problem. <laughs> it was the problem. Yeah, that was the problem. It was the problem. Definitely wasn't starting Stone Earl instead of. Chandler Rogers. It was the mustache. Hundred percent. I'll take it. I'll take the heat for it. It was our mm-hmm. fault. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, thanks, JD, for coming on again. Y'all can check out his Patreon. Check out his Twitter. North Texas Eagle does the best job of anybody covering North Texas. Um, and we will continue to reference him on this podcast. So thanks for joining us. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.
All right. Shout out to JD. Uh, if you're watching on the YouTube, go check out that video. Uh, we're going to talk basketball here. And it, it, last night was a 74 to 62 win over Wichita State on the road. And it was a performance I didn't see coming. And I don't mean that in a bad way because we've talked about this team and maintaining belief in this team. And we've we've been at the forefront of trying not to panic. Um, yeah. The Fordham loss tested our patience. The Mississippi it's State loss, loss. Yeah. The Mississippi State loss further tested us. Insert we like, giving me your toughest battles meme here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> please stop giving us your toughest battles. Please. I don't, I don't yeah. enjoy this anymore. Yeah. So we're, we, we knew – what this team like what their limitations were i guess but the whole reason i think we we stayed on and you can talk about this but like the whole reason we stayed on is because we've been through this before with north texas and you're getting ronda walker or you're adding ronda walker to this team and we know this team can take it to another level like i i think we've seen enough flashes this year because they've been in position to win these games to say all right, they're not a bad team. Right. They're just losing games that they should be winning in a lot of cases. Boise, Fordham, LSU, potentially St. John's. Like those are games they could have won, but they lost. So I we weren't jumping off the ship. But damn it, if they lost to Wichita State, start conference play, we're on the plank. We are definitely on the plank. And it almost it didn't almost happen, but like my by my, my confidence wavered when Ruben uh came out with an injury, but we can yeah. talk about that later. Yeah. But yeah, I mean you're completely right. Uh, we've not panicked too bad. Uh, like you said, it was we were tested, but the team, there was no way you could shoot that bad for as long as, long as stretches as they were. And um, they tested us early last night. Obviously, they started hot. I think they started six of eight from three. They had like a 20-point Aaron lead. Scott came out with Aaron three, Scott three, with three four. of three from yeah, three, three, three uh, to start. And then they just can't make a basket. And I'm like, oh, this is happening a little early. Um, normally we get this in the second half, uh, but they're able to bounce back. And that's something we didn't really, we haven't really seen. Uh, Ruben hit that deep three off of a Matthew stone offensive. Shout rebound. out Stone. Shout out stone. Um, and, and, and they kind of came from there. Uh, close out the game. I think that defensively, this team hit a different gear than we've seen in past games. Uh, 10 steals, three blocks. Rondell Walker is going to be, a very important piece of this team, especially on the defensive end. I think he he came in and then just instantly had two turnovers and a block or forced two turnovers and, and got a block. And that was impressive in its own right. Obviously, Aaron Scott does his thing. And then CJ Nolan and Sissoko, I think, stepped up this game. Uh, Mulai, uh, what were his stats? Nine or 11 rebounds, six points, a block and a steal. Dude was just waiting for conference three or four from the field. Like that's, that's the guy we need was able to play 20 minutes. And uh, yeah, I mean, I was, I was pretty impressed with when obviously Wichita state's not the Wichita state of the past, but I, I definitely was impressed with this one. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is a game. I was very worried about Wichita. We know is a basketball school. That is a program that has a rich history of being very, very good at basketball. And they're not a great team this year, but they are definitely not a pushover. And if North Texas played the way that it played, you know, against Fordham or against those other teams, then I think this would have been a loss. And then we get to the game and John Bugs isn't playing. Yep. And you're like, okay, well, that's not great. Um, and then Ruben Jones gets hurt. And you're like, oh, this is really not great. And the injury to John Bugs forced the hand of Ross Hodge to start Jason Edwards. And I pulled the clip. I um, posted on Twitter last night. I don't know if you saw it, but I posted I on Twitter it. last night. I don't know. First of all, I found it really quickly. I don't know how. I thought I was going to be looking throughout that whole video. But uh, I found it, and it's us talking. They need a shakeup. Jason Edwards needs to start. And lo and behold, 35 minutes from Jason Edwards, he scores 17 points on 6 of 15 shooting, just like Jason Edwards does not the most efficient player, zero assists, two turnovers. And I left that game saying, wow, this team feels different when he plays 35 minutes. Even if he doesn't yeah. pass the ball, even if he's not efficient, I do not care. He is a guard that the defense has to account for in a way that 
you know, bugs and bugs is more of like just a spot up shooter, right? Um, Nolan can do some stuff off the dribble, like you said, he played well, but Edwards is a different caliber of player. And when he hit that shot to basically close the game out, yeah, that is what North Texas has not had this entire season in terms of closing games, in terms of having a guard that just says, Give me the damn ball, I'm scoring. And then you saw him and Aaron Scott and all them start wanting to fight the other team, and you're just like, Okay, now they have an edge, and now you're like, yeah. Edwards. Then Edwards hits that uh, deep, deep three uh, in the second half. And yeah. you're like, okay, he's locked in. Yeah. Um, that's exactly what we need to see. Jason Edwards wasn't the best game he's ever going to play. He wasn't a crazy night. But, damn, it just feels different when he's on the court. Big thing, too, he didn't have a lot of turnovers, only two turnovers. I think that that was really good, too. The, the I don't uh, – you can correct me if I'm wrong. North Texas did not have a turnover in the first half. Obviously, in the second half, he ended up getting some – um, but yeah, I mean, Jason, I was started one to six and then was able to, to come through and that yeah. shot too, like exactly like you said, that is a shot that North Texas has needed from anybody really to, to close out a game. Because if he doesn't make that shot, Wichita state, it's still a three possession game. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was thoroughly impressed. I think, I think going into Tulane tomorrow, I feel a lot better. Then, then. Well, do you feel better if Ruben isn't playing? Uh, I feel better in the context of Ruben not playing. I guess that that makes sense. Like okay. if, if Ruben, if Ruben's out, if if Ruben goes out and this team only only wins this game by three, then I'm feeling a lot worse about tomorrow. But I think uh, CJ handling the ball was a little bit better than in the past. Obviously, he had a little bit of rough rough start of that when Ruben first went out. Um. I think as long as you start Jason, it's going to alleviate some of those ball handling, the, the pressure that he's in her face from the defense. Yeah. Um, but I guess the only concern would be how do you balance minutes now? Because obviously Ruben still got to play 20 minutes, so you got to keep some guards fresh. I don't know who can handle the ball outside of CJ and Jason. And if you start both of them, I don't know, you know, I don't know yeah, how you, what you can do. Can, can you look up the time of the North Texas two lane game tomorrow? Um, while yes. I while I think about this, this two lane game to me, it's they needed to get one of the first two. Now, what makes this more challenging is that North Texas is at home for this game. One, you don't want to lose home. One p.m. Com- one p.m. Okay, so yeah, yeah, it's early. Um, so you don't want to lose home conference games. Um, Ken Palm likes North Texas a lot in this game. I think that's obviously with Ruben playing. If Ruben does not play, I do think that is a pretty significant shot, especially because Tulane has one of the better offenses in the entire conference. And if North Texas is unable to slow that down, then you get in a shootout, and I don't love North Texas' chance in that. Tulane is fifth in the country in effective field goal percentage, second in the country in free throw rate, second in two-point percentage. So they're getting to the rim, finishing. The one number that I like that's in favor of North Texas here is the rebounding. Tulane does not offensive rebound at all, 357th in the country and 269th in defense rebounding. So they play fast, 10th in pace. They don't rebound, but they can score the damn ball. And um, I I am worried here. But ultimately, like a loss to Tulane, if it's close, doesn't – you know, it's not the end of the world per se. I think you, you have a lot more to gain in this game than lose from it, right? Especially if Ruben's not playing. Like, I'm not going to go into this game saying they need to win if Ruben's not right. playing. It just doesn't right. feel, you know, that that's a good two-lane team. No, I completely agree. Um, but then the next three games, Temple, ECU, and Charlotte, you got to win those. I think you got to win those, yeah. Yes. I mean, they are, they're, there's a drop-off in the American. Not quite as bad as it was in Conference USA, but there's a drop-off. And those three teams are definitely in it when it comes to Ken Palm ratings. Yeah, I mean, going. I think if you if you don't have room playing next game, I'm feeling pretty good. Win or loss now. If I don't know the extent of this injury, um, yeah, we don't. If if he's out for that stretch of four games and you end up dropping two of them, yeah, including Tulane, I'm gonna be a little bit concerned just because it's like, well, that now we're affecting standings a little bit more, you know, a loss to Tulane that, that might happen either way if you have Ruben, but those other three, you probably win with him. Yeah. Um, do you think Mulai's emergence in this game is here to stay? 
because he looked really good and they were able to play him a long time and it helped a lot, especially for rebounding. I mean, he had 10 rebounds in the first half. Yeah, and this is a Wichita State team that is really good. They're top 100 in offensive and defensive rebounding. And this is a, and I believe they're, let me look it up. I saw this. Yeah, they're top 50 in the country in average height. So this is not like a small Wichita State team at all. And for him to have that type of game, I think was really encouraging. So do I think it's here to stay? I think it needs to be. Yeah. I think it would be a massive boost if that's the Mula Sissoko that they end up getting this season. Like that is a game-changing type of player. So um that's that's exciting. Him, you know, CJ Nolan, similar type thing. If they can get that performance from him, I don't know the extent of John Bugg's injury. Like, is he supposed to be back? Um yeah, I don't know. Get some calls. We'll see. Yeah, Tuck I guess it, uh, the broadcast said it was a shoulder injury, I believe. So. Yeah, so that's probably tough to shoot if you have a shoulder injury. Yeah. Um, so yeah, hopefully you get bugs back. But Rondell Walker is is a massive boost. So I, I feel a lot better um in that regard. Yeah, what were your what were your thoughts on him? Obviously, I, I talked about his defense a tiny bit, but no, I, I thought you, you laid it out pretty well. I thought you did yeah, defensively, he is tremendous with like not only lateral quickness, but like keeping his chest in the right position and right. just walling up and time after time, just he's always in front of his man and doesn't let you get by. So in theory, the defensive lineup with Ruben and, and him and, you know, I bugs, I'd probably, I think bugs is slightly better defender than Noland. Um, but you know, that rotation of guards and wings you could put out there is really, really exciting. So and didn't he hit a three yesterday too, didn't he? Am I wrong? Uh, yes, one of three from three. Yeah, I thought I remember him hitting three. So uh, that's encouraging. Six defense rebounds too. We'll, we'll always take those. Um, but yeah, I like him a, a, a good amount. But I think Sissoko is one of those X factors though for this team in terms of oh. getting their ceiling because we talked the whole offseason, the whole uh, non-conference about, well, damn, if they had a center, if they had yeah. Zach Simmons, if they had Abu, but – they don't and now Sissoko comes out with his best game to start conference play so now on that too it keeps Robert Allen fresh he's obviously had to play a lot more minutes and I think he you know if if they both play Robert Allen and Sissoko if they split pretty evenly or more in favor of Robert Allen I think it it, again it's gonna it's gonna change the way this team looks on both sides of the ball because he's definitely a game changer when it comes to when he's fresh obviously at the end of games we've seen against St. John's and uh, LSU he's he's gassed it's like what are you gonna He's playing too many minutes, basically. Um, and especially, you know, being a little bit undersized against bigger teams, it's going to be tough to to keep up that energy. But he was great. Um, I missed anybody. Uh, I thought, speaking of Ruben, pre-injury, I thought he was doing really well. Um, nine points, four assists. Comes out with a hammy, obviously. But his three-point shooting looked very confident. And I think that's something earlier in the season obviously against uta and uh i don't remember the other team shreveport shreveport thank you you're gonna be you're gonna be have confidence against teams like that but i think his his stroke against wichita state was really good yeah all right yeah tulane saturday 1 p.m uh we're recording this on friday so we have 24 hours um for this and then we'll see how tulane goes like i said i, I don't think win or lose i'm distraught by the Tulane outcome you have a lot more to gain than lose in that game what do you think what do you regardless of, of result what are you looking for like what give what's your one thing that you want to see from this team I don't want to give up Tulane's gonna shoot fast they're gonna like they're legitimately one of the fastest teams in the country um if your first shot defense is good you'll be able to get rebounds and I I, I think there's a chance even if Ruben doesn't play they're going to have good enough defense to to make this kind of ugly for Tulane. I don't think they're going to shoot well like they did in in the last game, every single game. So their defense is going to have to come around. And I thought they played defense well, um, but this might be a game where they have to hold Tulane to like 63 points, you know, 62 points, something like that. I think the Tulane just recently scored something like that. Uh, 66 against George Mason. They lost that game 66. So damn, George Mason's good at basketball this year. I think that I think when I clicked on their first in the A ten, but obviously I don't know wow. how many conference games they played. So, wow. But yeah, what are they on Ken Palm? Actually, that's a good that's a good they're, thing to probably look up. Eighty eighth. See, so I don't know Tulane. I think it's one hundred four. Yeah, one hundred four. 
Um, so, yeah. Hmm. My thing, I, I the thing I want to look for is, or hope to see, is that Mulai is just continues to yeah, be be good. Well, you know what would be great is if Jason Edwards has a Jason Edwards game. And... I, but see, I think that's just a foregone conclusion. I well, need to okay, see but that... he's going to shoot 16 times. But if he, there's a difference, if he makes six, then he makes nine. Like, that's a – with, with Ruben true. out, if he shoots 50% from the field, they win the game. What's your starting lineup? Assuming you have to – Assuming Ruben's out? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Edwards – I think it has to be Edwards. Let's also Walker, say Bugs Nolan. is in. Let's also say Bugs is in. Well, no, but I don't. I don't. I'd be surprised if Bugs played. That's true. It is two days. <laughs> yeah, it's only two days. Not even really a day and a half because you play a one. Yeah. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say, Edwards, Nolan, Walker, Scott, Sissoko. God. And your bench is Matthew Stone. And Robert Allen. Robert Allen. Yeah. These boys must be playing a lot of minutes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you just get through this. Just get through this, and then you have a full week. You don't play until Saturday, January thirteenth. So yeah, and be good. and it's at home against Temple. So just get you push it all, put all your chips in this game, try to win it, and then you know you go from there. Where I think you have an easier slate for three games. So yeah. All right, uh, that's all we got for y'all today. Uh, thank y'all for watching on the YouTube. Um, if you're watching this episode, go check out the the uh, JD one as well. Great content there. Uh, if you're listening on the audio side, Apple, uh, Spotify, we appreciate y'all. Leave us a five-star rating and review. And yeah, we'll be back, I don't know, next week sometime to talk football, basketball, maybe get some Q&A in there a little bit. Um, maybe try to get a guest on. Maybe if I'll tell you what, if North Texas beats Tulane tomorrow, Colin, we're going to get a basketball guest on. I don't know who it's going to be. It's going to be somebody, though. Okay. There you go. Okay. Probably should do that if they lose, too, either way. But we're going to get a basketball player on if they win, for sure. So stay tuned for that. And, uh, yeah, we will talk to you all later.